everybody, and welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, he's Steve, and publishers show their collective gaming hands in episode 276 today. June, oh, what is that date today, Steve? June 18th. 18th. Yesterday was the 17th, so, yeah. Funny how that works. 2022. We are going to be going right into our topic of the day, which is not E3, but E3. <laughs> 2022 reactions. We're going to be actually going through the highlights of mm. each one of the collective press conference. Uh, well, it's not really not even a press conference. It's more of like just the showcases that each one of these, these uh, companies have given us over the past week. But before we do, make sure you hype up that subscribe button, Steve. <laughs> And sweaty palm that notification bell. That way, none of you will miss a single solitary episode of Joy Gets and drops once a week, every week. Steve, it seems as though you have something just on the tip of well, your tongue. Well, the, um, the PlayStation one was like two weeks ago, I think. When was the last week? Yeah, no, yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was a little farther back, it but it was, back it was uh, first to market, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I figured it would be a good idea to be able to give our high-level thoughts and then oh, um, kind of go, go down uh, the itemized list of uh, each one of the shows. Steve. Yeah, sure. Steve, um, take us away, please. Well, Russ, I got to say, uh, high-level thoughts. Um, bit disappointing. Bit dismayed. A little bleak. I remember shows of the past where they would... Uh, Give us a lot of goodies mm. of stuff that's coming down the road, the pipeline. What to expect. Something to salivate us. Something to get our toes wet. Something to look forward to, you know? And, oh, I know. Um, and so like, oh, wow. Well, I, you know, I don't, at the time, like, oh, I can't wait to get my hands on the next system. I can't wait for this. Can't wait for that. You know, and it was just that's the struggle of like just trying to jump in line ahead of somebody else digitally, you know, come for here first. Let me get the system and all that jazz. And, um, I can't say like everybody has one now, but I mean, I am definitely looking forward. Like the more, the further we get into the, like, just being next gen, the more, of course, I want to see what the system's capable of. I want to see more next gen games. And I, uh, <laughs> they just, honestly, there's nothing really, there that blew me out of my seat. I mean, it was basically like, here's updates on a sprinkling of games that we've shown you in the past and um, more so than like new stuff. And the new stuff that they had honestly just didn't really blow me away. Uh-huh. So um, kind of a kind of a bore of a show, Russ, for me. I agree. I think that um, it was a bit light. Yeah. Collectively. There, you know, like what you were talking about earlier, there were certain titles that we have already seen Mm. in the past. And it wasn't just once, but there are certain titles that we've seen now numerous times at numerous E3s where I'm just wondering, when is the game going to be done? Right. And, you know, I go back and forth because on the one hand, I I want people to take, you know, developers to take their time with the games. If it needs more time, give it more time, that sort of thing. We as gamers will benefit from that as a result. But at the same time too, I'm troubled by the lack of 
new games that are coming out as well as games that have been already shown to us multiple times that simply aren't coming out right in in a fashion that I would think that they would and it's not just one particular place it's the the entire industry and I think that there are certain things like like certain events have transpired such as COVID and that sort of thing where people had to work from home where you're not in the office and those types of things will slow down production I get that However, at the same time, it doesn't grind it to a halt either. Nor does your imagination stop imagining. Russ, imagining new stories, new games, new ideas. I mean, you know, at home or at the workplace, you're still going to be thinking of this stuff and dreaming of it and you know, have, have stuff you can bring to the table. I mean, just because you're home doesn't mean like, oh, it's not fun to imagine anymore. It's not fun to see how we can make a, a continuation of a series or, you know, whatnot. Yeah. And I was also, you know, I was kind of surprised too because I was watching some of the reactions from um, the gaming journalists. Like IGN, for instance, is one of the places that I go to on the regular. And when it came to asking, like they had, they had one guy who, who kind of represents the Sony camp and they have another guy um, who represents more of the Xbox. And it was interesting how, um, you know, Ryan McCaffrey is the one who, who uh, sure. represents Xbox. And I found that for the most part, I agreed with his stance on how he felt like Xbox went. Um, the other man whose, whose name escapes me for the moment. I apologize. The dude. The other guy, um, I felt like he, I did not agree with his assessment of Sony. You know, he, he really was trying to, to um, paint this picture of like how it was like wine and roses and how it was this. I think in, in his words, I think he even used the word like fantastic, which I'm like, no, it wasn't like <laughs> what, what show were you watching? Like how like, much were you paid, bro? <laughs> Well, it's just like, you know, is this the fanboy speaking or is this like a realist who's like actually looking at what was presented yeah. and, and can comment accordingly? Not to say that Sony had like a bad showing, but I mean, like, I mean, he, they asked him at one point, um, you know, oh, like what, what grade would you give um, Sony's presentation? He said a B plus. I'm like, no, dude, it was not a B plus. <laughs> So anyway, it was interesting to kind of like see folks like that give their um, reactions and their review and their grading of these shows because, you know, this is precisely what we are going to be doing right now. And I just felt like we're, we are going to have a different type of um, response to this whole thing than, right. than what we saw in the past. But anyway, let's start with Xbox. So, you know, Xbox typically gives... I would say for the most part, very um, strong performances when it yeah. comes to their, their press conferences. They, they have these thoughtful shows. They put a lot of production value into them. There are a number of different types of, of, of big world premiere. Yeah, I think like the previous show, there was like 60 or something like that. Or maybe it was a show before. There was like 60 world premieres. It was, it was a lot. It, was, it definitely was a lot. Yeah. And I felt like, like in terms of Xbox, they, they gave a solid showing it wasn't like a bad showing per se but it definitely was not one where like i was like totally hyped and stoked and everything to like you know see what what's coming down the pipe and be like man i can i can barely contain myself you know kind of thing so you know like like going down like i i made a list of um just the games that that i'm interested in that that were highlights so like you know redfall for instance was the game that they led off with and right. rightfully so because that game piqued everybody's interest when they first showed the game last year and they had a whole lot more gameplay 
to show this time. It wasn't just cinematics, but it was actually like, you know, here's the actual gameplay footage. It's a beautiful looking game. Like that you can, you can tell that the ray tracing is used to good effect. It looks like it'll be a really fun romp through co-op style. There are lots of jump out scares and that sort of thing. You know, I look forward to the game. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Hollow Knight Silk Song was another game that they um, came out and, and showed for the first time. That was one of the newer titles. And that was like one of those more kind of stylistic 2.5D side scrollers. The dude's like, right. he looks like he's almost like a, a, a paranormal <laughs> um, or was it, no, not, is it paranormal? Probably not. Rosa. Um, <laughs> it's like, like he deals with the supernatural and. Yeah, is it paranormal? Sure, paranormal. Well, let's, let's go, go with, with that. that. Let's roll with that. You know, you know what we're talking sure, about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what do you think of that game? Um, that's gonna get it. Yeah, that's I wasn't really too interested. Really? In yeah. Uh, because nah. typically, like, you actually are also interested in that style of game where it, it has kind of the, um. You know, that, that 2.5D depth, you know, you're, you're it's a side scroller, but there's it's like polygonally based and it has a, a strong style to it. Yeah, I know. Um, so those game, I don't know. So I felt like I was kind of getting, I, I don't know. I, I don't I want to speak too bad about it. I, I, I just needed something more. Yeah, those games are kind of are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, lately, though, I, I've seen more of them that are more fun to watch than to play. Like for example, like Tunic is it kind of like one of those 2.5 D. Well, that, that one's kind of more of like an, like an isometric true game. It's not like 2.5 D is kind of more of like will of the wisps. That's a 2.5 D. And that's a wonderful game, but like, like, okay. So, well, I mean, I love that game and, but that's kind of where the standard is. And so if you can't get it to there, um, the idea seems to me like, oh, let's let's make a, a retro looking side scroller and put today's graphics on it, which, okay, fine, but I need a lot of extra stuff in there that reminds me, hey, this is still next gen versus sure. hey, let's go back and play and plug in like the the Sega Genesis and play something. So, you know, so um and, and it might have been how I was just feeling with the show. I there there was no real like peaks. Um, to mix with some of the more average looking games. And so when everything just kind of looked average or below average, that one didn't stand out from a lot of the rest for okay. me. Yeah. I, 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 for me, I was interested in it. I, I, it's definitely my style of game. It, it also reminded me of um, limbo and, mm -hmm. and um, I think what was the other one? inside? I think it was what it's called or that reminds you of inside. Well, just in terms of his presentation of it, like, you know, mm. it's a side scroller. It does have kind of that 2.5D, uh, 3D-ish sure. kind of environment, that sort of thing. And and the story got me curious too. Like I, overall, I was like, you know, I, I'm interested in checking that game out. I, it was definitely one of the ones that stood out to me personally. High on Life was another original that um, apparently is being made by the creators of Rick and Morty, which I was like, yeah. oh, wow. Okay, you're <laughs> going to get some crazy like sense of humor stuff in here. But honestly, I really liked the atmosphere of the game. It was You could tell like it was a well-thought-out world. And I love the concept that your guns are actually like some sort of alien beings that talk to you and yeah. like, you know, have their own like personas and stuff. That's brilliant as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that that was one of the one of the higher um, rated showcases that they had. And I would like to definitely see more of the game. Well, I would like to see that game in 4K. I don't think what sure. I watched was in 4K. I think it was just 1080p. 1080p. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not a big 
Rick and Morty kind of guy. No. But I mean, I'm definitely interested to see what kind of humor they're going to have in the game for sure. Uh, and it did it did look like it was entertaining. Well, um, and the graphics, like the art direction was yeah. strong and, and the premise is just so simple and it's great. It's like, I think my understanding of it was like, like these aliens have come to planet Earth and they're like, I think eating humans for energy or batteries consumption. I don't know. Something like that. So right. you got to stop them. It's like, perfect. Yeah. And like, like I think also there's some sort of purpose and relationship with the, the aliens that you're using as guns. You're helping them out somehow too, or something. I don't know. But I saw that. And I was like, man, this, this looks next gen. Like this, this is looking really impressive. My hope is, is that actually like to your point, um, I'm sure they'll release like a 4k version of yeah. the trailer and then you will, we will really be able to appreciate it then. Right. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, that's one I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, I wasn't crazy about it, but, uh, definitely looks a lot more original. I mean, there's tons of first person shooter games out there and they all kind of start to blend together. Like, you know, watch dogs and then call of duty and then, the, you know, whatever else is out like, Hey, here's another game where you, you see the barrel of a gun going down and you're, you're shooting a bunch of people. And this one, obviously, they take the, the gun that, the, with the barrel you're looking down and you're having a face talk to you. <laughs> you're choking around. So it's pretty trippy. Anyhow. And Watch Dogs was, was uh, I think it was a third person. It wasn't first person. It was like that hacker game, right? All right. Yeah, Watch Dogs. Yeah. I, I, you're, you're talking about like Call of Duty or Halo or... Um, you know, first person shooters of that nature. first person or just like just shooter games altogether. It sure. could be first person, first person, first person or short person. <laughs> Rush. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that totally has like the sound of like someone who would have a beard and uh, you have a beard, Steve. Yeah. That would sound like someone with like the beard that's covering their mouth. Yes, totally. Like, <laughs> it, it's totally. Yeah. It, it's, it's like the bushy beard, the bushy mustache. Like you can't actually see their lips. It's like, it's like if, if you're trying to eat, you like to push past like the ferns. Uh, <laughs> There's a mouth in there somewhere. Uh, well, that's fun. Now, Riot Games came out. And talked about how all of their big IPs are going to be making their way onto Xbox Game Pass, which showcases that there is a level of interest and partnership there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily exclusive to Xbox uh, or if they're going to be having their games also appear on the PS5. Right. But, I mean, for, for nothing else, I mean, there are a number of games from Riot that are extremely popular, really well done. Um, so that was interesting. It was, it was worthy of note. There was another game that had um, been talked about in the past at least once, if not twice, which is um, a Plague Tale Requiem. And that has always caught my eye. I've really liked the graphics engine on that. I like the premise of it. It, it definitely looks like something that I would really enjoy playing through. Um, I just think... <laughs> I just think that... <laughs> Choking there. Uh, I just think. Anyway, one second. Okay, I'm back. Okay, cool. I did that out later. <laughs> Allergies are making their their presence known. I apologize. Yes. Like, that tasted gross. <laughs> anyway, I think that that game in particular um, is one of the highlights of Xbox's entire show. I don't think it's necessarily exclusive to Xbox. I think it's also coming out on, on PS5, but. I was glad to see something and I, is it coming out this year? I think so. It's coming to game. I thought it was coming to game pass. I have to look at it again. I'm not exactly mm -hmm. sure. I think, I mean, pretty much all the games that they showed, 
I think it's safe to say are coming to Game Pass. I'm like most of the stuff anyway that they said that they were was they were showcasing was coming to Game Pass. <laughs> so uh, it might be exclusive <clears throat> to Xbox. Interesting. Yes. Um, but yes, whether it's coming out this year or it's coming out next year, I'm not exactly sure. Um, hopefully this year, though, Steve, we'll have to see. What were you going to say? That I, I agree with you. That that uh, Plague's Tale is something that's the graphics have interested me, but um, for some reason, I've never just picked it up. I've never played it. Never, I guess, it never piqued my interest. I don't know. I mean, for which one? For Plague's Tale? That's the one with the rats? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, thinking about I probably should play the first one before we play the second one. Wait, there was a first one? <gasps> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It definitely was, Russ. Uh, I think that one's on Game Pass, too. <laughs> Learn something new every day. <laughs> Moving on from that, Forza Motorsport. What'd you think? So that, to me... Uh, oh, wait. Oh, wait. So, yeah. Forza Motorsport, the regular... Not not, not the DLC, Russ. Correct. Uh, the regular game, yeah, yeah. That, it so, sounds like yeah. they're doing a reboot, because they didn't call it... Like Forza 8 or, or whatever, 9. Or something like that. Yeah, they just called it Forza Motorsport. Motorsport. It might be. Um, so I'm I'm glad that they're continuing the series. But again, like this is not one that I'm going to play because I'm the Horizon guy. I want, I want all the different locales and the different like just tracks made up of the locales. I don't want to go back to the same tried and true tracks. Really? That, yeah, absolutely. So you, you have written off. Yes, the normal Forza Motorsport. You are not interested at all in the the real That's world correct. tracks and everything else. Yeah, that pretty they- much the same reason why I'm, I'm not really interested in Gran Turismo. It's because like the same. Tra- I mean, I remember when playing Gran Turismo on on PlayStation. Um, I haven't played the most recent one, of course, but I mean, they're like, oh, here you go again. Here's, uh, you know, Laguna Seca. I'm like, well, I okay. I've been to Laguna Seca plenty of times. Like, okay, so but the graphics are better. I'm like, okay, cool, but it's not original. Uh-huh. Well, we have all the latest cars. Like, okay, but all the other racers have the latest cars too. So, like, it just feels more of the same versus the Horizon series, which is, hey, you want desert? We got desert. This desert's going to be different than that desert. Oh, you want rainforest? We got that too. You want the beach? We got that too. You want to be in confined spaces within the town? We got that too. You know, and it's going to be, I mean, it's, you know, made up to an extent because they're not going to track, you know, the entire, you know, map of Mexico and be like, okay, where do you want to go in the country uh-huh. in the next 10 minutes? <laughs> you know, that's not going to be, that, that's not going to be happening. So, um, but to me, that always just keeps the, the series original. It keeps it fresh. And that's why I'm stoked to, to keep on coming back. You know, I, I do think that you bring up a, a fair point, which is that there are, only a finite amount of real tracks that exist in the world. And when you have really done an outstanding job as they have, and basically including like all of these tracks from Europe and from Asia and from North America, you know, that sort of thing, you're going to run out of tracks. Right. And at the same time, like, you know, that particular version of the game is, decidedly based on, on reality more, you know, the forts uh, horizon series has a bit more of an element of fantasy to it. Fantasy right? arcade. Yeah. Fantasy arcade. Um, kind of more of that. Wouldn't it be cool if kind of thing. And you're right. I mean, I, if, if you were to ask me, which one do I prefer? I actually find myself having more fun with the horizon series. Having said that though, 
I do enjoy dipping my toes into just the forts and motorsports side of things, not with every single release, but every like few years, I would say, you know, every four to five years, I do want to dip my toe back in again, just so I can get that graphics upgrade experience within those places that do in fact exist. So this is a game that I, I may end up picking up myself just because it's been a while since I've, I've bought a just pure forts and motorsport title. I know that I, I um, ended up not getting, I think it was Forza Motorsport 7, I want to say. And I may have not even gotten the one before that. I'm not exactly sure. But I think the last Forza Motorsport game I did purchase was the, the 2013 one. That was like one of the day one releases. So, I mean, that's been almost <laughs> 10 years. But Woo! again, it's, you know, I in that, that almost 10 year time frame, I've been playing every single Forza Horizon game. And so I think that that in a way that that's kind of telling. So I, I think it's, it's a beautiful looking game. It is. Well, I think what they do is they, they, you know, will work on the game engine and then the Horizon series will get the game engine that was developed for the Forza Motorsport series. It's been a little bit reversed with this last one because they came out with the latest Forza Horizon before the, the next Forza Motorsport. But in a way, the, the Forza Motorsport looks a tad bit better than the Horizon game. Mm-hmm. Like when, when they took a point to, to show like just the nature side of the track with like that little, you know, the little river that was going there, there and the birds. Oh, it was and beautiful. And like, yeah, it was gorgeous. And to me, anyway, maybe I'm totally wrong, but to me that in looked a little bit more improved than what we have with Forza Horizon 5. I would not be surprised if those two studios shared assets because they are both first party studios within Microsoft. And honestly, it makes sense. It's like, you know, you want to be able to piggyback off each other just because of their release schedule being kind of in that like leapfrog kind of fashion. Like, okay, this year will be Forza Horizon. Next year will be the regular Forza. And the year after that will be Forza Horizon, so on and so forth. And I think especially when it comes to photogrammetry, for example, um, that is a very time-consuming thing. Sure. Where if you're using that for any uh, rock formations or plant life or even buildings, whatever it may be, that just takes time. Right. And especially if those same types of assets are found in places for the other game. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe you do a little some touching up of the geo or texture res or whatever, but it just you know it makes sense. Yeah. What else? Last thing I was going to say is, um, if you play both games, there's an element of surprise and fun. Um, it's and, an arcade and discovery, side. yeah. That that's not there because, you know, you know, cars like car models are only released like every four ish years, maybe more, maybe sometimes less, depending on what kind of model comes out. But like, if you've already driven all the latest cars with one of the two games, and then the next game comes out, it's like, oh yeah, everything you've already driven is still available in this game. Oh yeah, all those features before still available in this game. The new graphics engine still available in this game, but you already but you've played both games. To me, there the, that discovery and that like oh wow that joygasm uh. is kind of is a bit lost because you've already seen it before in the prior game. So, but if you wait and you just leapfrog, then all that's still there and you can experience everything the first time. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'll probably end up picking that up. And again, yeah. in terms of like what they had to show, um, that was definitely one where I was, I mean, every shot, I'm like, yep, that, that looks next gen. It looks beautiful. And uh, so I look forward to playing it. Overwatch 2. So this is something that I keyed upon just because, as we all know, 
Microsoft ended up acquiring Activision Blizzard this year. Huge. Just, oh my goodness, I can't believe they did that. And and so it's it's a classic case of how they are having to allow certain pre-existing contracts to play out. And, you know, games like Diablo 4 or Overwatch 2, you know, they have certain types of um, commitments, especially the the older titles. But um, I'm, I'm very uh, excited to see... Um, this title come out. Just, I mean, I, I've always been a huge Overwatch fan. I know you're a very big Overwatch fan as well. We've been waiting for a sequel. The current game has really just started to not well, actually not started to, but for some time now has kind of been on this downward trend in terms of new content. To the point where the fans are like, "Where is the new content?" Like they were so good for so many years. I would say probably at least the first four years of the game was released. Uh, where like they were just dropping new heroes and new maps and just new loot and stuff. Like, I mean, they were just new, on it. New shorts. New shorts. Yeah, we haven't had a, a little cinematic, cinematic shorts. short in a while. Short films. Oh, I like those. Oh, they're great. The whole, the whole thing is so well thought out. Yeah. So when it comes to Overwatch 2, I'm very excited to see the, the, the new graphics engine. Um, from, from what we did see, it doesn't look like a, a tremendous departure from the first game, which is, you know, I go back and forth because it's not necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time too, like I want them to really polish what we can see. And again, because these videos that we watched were in 1080p, I don't feel like we're getting like the, the proper representation of these titles. I have to watch that game also in 4k to get yeah. an idea of that. Yeah. I mean, this one almost looked, I mean, this one looked no better than the first one though. That's the there thing. Were, there were chunks, I want to say, where like, like for instance, when I saw D.Va, she looked upgraded. Like she, it's like that whole hero screen where like she's, you know, standing there doing her little like pouty face thing. She definitely looked like just worked on, upgraded, look, looked better than she looked in, in the first one. But you're right. Like there are other instances where I would see like Doomfist. Or Tracer. Um, Tracer, you know, I, I would put it in between like, like a, a diva and a doom fist in that regard. Cause like there are certain shots I've seen or certain videos I've seen of Tracer where she does look upgraded. It's like, okay. So yeah, it's, it's like this weird thing where like, um, even mercy looks upgraded. Like there was a, a brief shot in there of her. She clearly looks like, like she has more geo to uh, her body and like, her, like just the overall look just looks great. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that like everything about it is going to be like this, like completely upgraded experience. But again, we have to remind ourselves that this is, this is Blizzard. So (laughs) they're renowned for like every time they make a sequel and just all of their games have just huge amount of polish to them. I mean, like, like Diablo four, for instance, like, you know, they did show some stuff at Diablo four. It looks way better than Diablo (laughs) three, which when that was released back in like 2012 or something like that looked way better than Diablo two. So they have these huge leaps that, that they typically do with their titles. But the thing is, is like, okay, so even if it's not 4k, it should still blow you away at 1080p. Like you shouldn't like have to see if I put in a 4k movie and I put in the 1080p version of that movie, there's going to be somewhat of a resolution difference, but it's not going to be like, oh, you know, you got to watch on 4K. It's not even the same movie, you know, oh. sort of thing. And so, like, yes, the the game is going to, or the preview is going to look better in 4K, but it's not going to be entirely different. Like, when I play Overwatch the game, 
which is on 1080p on my regular Xbox. I mean, like my Xbox One X, just my regular Xbox. To me, that looked better than what I saw at the Xbox showcase. See, and I, I would caution you on those types of observations just because as someone who makes videos for, sure. for a living, <laughs> um, I can tell you that like when you, when you make certain videos, um, especially if you do it with a variable bit rate, that is going to affect how clear and crispy the graphics look. And it it's, has nothing to do with the game engine. It has to do with the way that the video is rendered. So in these instances, I think that people have, you know, depending on who they hired and, and, and create these videos, they just are not a proper representation of how the game looks, which is why I always wait for the 4K videos to make my final like judgment call on these things. Because then... You're you're dealing with it's not so much a, a variable bit rate at that point, which or, I mean technically you could still have that. It's but it's more of a constant bit rate, which you know it's different, and 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 the numbers of those are way higher. Like to give you an idea, not to go too technical here, but like sure, Russ, go ahead. In a VBR, you have oh. numbers that that basically oscillate between like ten and twelve as like an average. Mm-hmm. Versus like if you if you render out like a four K video, even if it's still a VBR the numbers are going to be like between 40 and 60. So think of it like basically the higher the number you have when you render a video, the more like one-to-one accurate it's going to be. So that's why I say, you know, I encourage everybody to watch the 4K versions of these showcases. True, but I mean like... What, Steve, you're going to school me on video? No, I'm not going to school anybody, but I mean like if if I'm (laughs) going to present something to somebody, I'm not going to be like, okay, well, this is not going to look nearly as good as it's going to look in in a... Video bitrate, I'm guessing what VBR is, and this. But I mean, if var- variable, variable. Okay, so variable bitrate. Okay, so I'm going to present this to the masses, and I'm not going to present it the way it should be seen, and that's the decision I'm going to choose. So, so I, I don't know what goes behind the yeah. scenes or what kind of work does that. All I'm saying is, okay, if this is our chance to sell the 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 the, the anticipation of buying the next game yeah. and the next gen, I'm going to do everything I can to make this look as polished and the best to present to the world as I can from the get-go. Yeah, and, it, and it's been a part of the transition, honestly, because we are we are still very much in that transition state of 1080p versus 4K, and you have uh, a, a number of folks who still just watch their, their videos in 1080p because they don't have the bandwidth to be able to like quickly load I mean, again, 4K videos, the file size, everything about it is just bigger. Sure. So I think that that's part of it is like, you know, when it comes to these presentations, they want to be able to quickly get this stuff out there. And then, you know, of course, they they are going to be releasing a 4K version of the video a day or two after like the initial release. I, I am looking forward to the day, though, that sure. when they do these showcases, like whether it's live streamed or if it's recorded, that it will be everything will be in glorious 4K. Kind of like our show. Mm. Watching mm, mm, mm. Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast in glorious 4K. Each week. Every, every week. If we can do it, so can all of you. Yeah. For example, I'm sure this is on your list, but... The Hot Wheels DLC for Forza Horizon. Let's talk about some... That's actually next to my list, so please take it away. Is it, Russ? It is indeed. My vision's not that great. 
And I knew that was coming up. So to me, that one. Like Force the, is strong with you, Steve. Uh, overall presentation. <laughs> I'm not going to let you overweight me. I'm not broadside my thought. I only have one thin line holding on to this thought. I see the piggy and it <sighs> needs to be greased. <laughs> so to me, that one looked awesome, yeah. right? I mean, it's not just the idea of everything I've been asking for since Forza Horizon 3. Like, give us this Hot Wheels track. I don't care what game. It gives us a Hot Wheels track. It's not just the idea, but it looked very good. It looked mm. incredible. Like I, that's like to me, that was the highlight of the show and the entire show. <laughs> that's fair. Um, but if you compare the two, it almost seems like whatever they did differently in the Horizon DLC versus the Overwatch uh, sequel looked better. Yeah, I remember when the uh, was it Forza Horizon three that we got. Yeah, mm. I think yeah, that's the was one it? Us, yeah. yeah, it is that one. The um, third one. Australia. Yeah, the fourth one we got Lego. Mm. Yeah, but uh, in the yeah, I remember even when watching that in the in Forza Horizon three, I was blown away by how good those tracks looked. Yeah, and now that we have next gen, yeah, ray tracing, yeah, ambient occlusion, absolutely. It's what I love about that is you know the Hot Wheel those orange Hot Wheel tracks. They it tends to be. Uh, somewhat of like a translucent plastic, that orangey stuff. So like, you know, if if you had a flashlight or if you were outside and the sun hit it and you're looking at it and stuff, you could kind of see that like glowing uh, bleed through quality of the light. Right. I I think they they nailed that. And it's going to be in the rainforest and you're going to see waterfalls and beaches and stuff. I just can't wait. (laughs) Does it bring a a (sighs) tear to your eyes, Steve? It's going to be great. I can't. I mean, I want to pay for it now. I oh. want it now, Russ. Very interesting. <sighs> Boy, can't come soon enough. I'll tell you what. Well, it's it's coming next week. Basically, when this episode drops, I think it should be available for folks who have Xbox to pick it up. Well, what we ought to do then, side note, Russ, because I know Thor's coming out pretty darn soon. On July, man. Yes. So if it comes out next week, we ain't got a topic. We might be able to do that. I think it's a good idea. Thank you. I think that uh, mm. you are on to something there, Steve. Mm. Using my noggin. Flintlock, the Siege of Dawn. What do you think of that one, Steve? Um, what, what happened in that one again? I don't. I don't remember. I remember the the name of the of the what they showed, but I don't remember much happening in Flintlock. Must not made an impression. You know, I, to be honest... Oh, really? Don't recall. Mm. I remember liking it. That's why it's on my oh, list. Yeah? However, I'm drawing a blank. Well, what'd you like about it, Russ? Lock the Siege of <laughs> Dawn. Well, so that mo- that was another game that wasn't coming out until 2023. It yeah. may have just been a teaser trailer, which is probably why I'm not remembering too probably. much of it. Eh, we got a lot of time to remember that one anyway. Yeah, you don't remember that one, Steve? No, I just remember them talking about Flintlock, but I don't remember it being uh, worthy of remembrance. Oh, I see, Steve. You want you haven't mentioned yet Valheim. Okay, you want to talk about that, Steve? I thought that one looked kind of cool. It looked kind of like the Viking version of a Sea of Thieves, in a way. Not like, I mean... With the graphic style, but upgraded. Now, so not you're not going to have like the same pirate characters and the same kind of humor, but it looked kind of like. Wasn't that a Sony showcase? I thought it was the Xbox showcase. <laughs> no, because like the when you when you watch the Sony State of Play, 
I want to say that was, wasn't that the first thing they showed or, or was it was no. Xbox? You know what? You're right. Actually it was, um, Oh, look, there's Steve on the screen. Hey, Steve. Oh, hey. <laughs> uh, it was the extended showcase because they had those two showcases and yeah. it was the start of the second. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's the, the, ex, the Xbox extended. I like what right. showcase. There's yeah. Two. So that one looked pretty cool. I mean, that one, um, I mean, you're obviously collecting some sort of resources. I mean, he's cutting down the tree after like the second or third whack. I wish I could do that. Um, and uh, like he was chopping through, like he was getting some ore or something like through a rock. Some, I don't know, whatever kind of minerals he was getting through, but he was chopping through the rock. But I mean, he was sailing through some canals and some oceans and you you, had, you were in the forest and you had a bunch of trees and sun. You had like like misty effect. I was I was interested to see how that one played out. Yeah. I'd be interested to follow up with that one. That yes. one kind of, you know, it wasn't crazy good, but I definitely had my interest going. I would say so. <clears throat> well, that's, I'm glad that, that that caught your eye, Steve. You didn't like, you didn't care for that one that much? I didn't care for that one personally. I, I saw it and I was like, okay, but it, it didn't make me excited or necessarily interested. But again, it, mm. It's okay. You can be interested in things and that I'm not and vice versa. So I was going to say also there was the last case of Benedict Fox, which was another one of those 2.5 D side scroller things. Oh, was that with like the little rabbit looking dude? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Um, again, I, I'm a big fan of that style of game. So I was like, okay, well that looks cool. That's another, once again, that's another 2023 title. And that this is kind of a reoccurring pattern that we're seeing with Xbox where it was like, they wanted to, essentially embrace the idea that for this particular showcase, they were just going to focus more on the games coming next year, as opposed to the games that are supposed to be coming out this year, hmm. which I find interesting and which I'll, I'll, I'll return to that in just a moment here, but I don't really care for that one. I mean, that was too, um, the thing that I'm a bit cautious with that one, it was with all the blinking that's going on, all the kind of strobe effects that we saw in the, in the trailer mm. to me started kind of hurting my eyes. Okay. So I don't think, I mean that, so don't get me wrong. I think it looked cool, but I don't think I would pick that one up because just with the mere trailer alone, if I was, I felt myself really kind of closing my eyes and looking away because I felt some sort of headache coming on. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that, that's just me. Everybody else play with it as you want. Um, but I don't think that's what I'm going to pick up only because um, I wouldn't want to get a headache from the game. I see, Steve. Yeah. But I'd be happy to. Maybe get the demo. At least maybe it was just the way they put the trailer together. Um, I'm happy to play a demo of it to see if I still have the same experience. But other than that, I don't think I'll be picking it up. I'm uh, I'm look. Uh, I'm gonna be hitting me. What are you doing, Ross? Did you did you catch all that, Steve? I didn't catch any of it. We gotta start getting through these titles, Russ. It's been um. Oh, Steve, don't you worry. We're, yeah. we're getting right through them. There was one other one called Cocoon that was coming out in 2023 as well that they were showing that uh, caught my eye. Did you catch your eye, Steve? Uh, I know the game you're talking about, but no, I, I, I didn't really catch my eye. I didn't really catch your eye there, Steve? No. no that's, too, that's too bad there, Steve. Well, so th those were like the ones that I had on my list. Th and th this is where it leads me to what I was going to get earlier okay looking at like like this list of games that i have right here that we were going through i mean like you look at it and it's like okay well there are a solid number of games that they were showcasing some of which we had already seen before we were seeing more of and others that were slated for next year's release that you know perhaps were, were new 
but I, th I, I found myself thinking, okay, over the last several years at various E3 press conferences for Xbox, Phil Spencer has been really, um, I would say, assertive in talking about like how many studios that they were acquiring under the, the stable of Xbox and, and also how many were, were actively working on games. I mean, like I remember even before they acquired Activision Blizzard that they had all these, these other, um, you know, publishers or not publishers, but developers that, that they had amassed. And it was something like 16 or 20 different developers mm. And so what was interesting was like, I was going through um, my own list here of no shows, which is like, you know, in, in this particular, uh, not E3, but basically E3 <laughs> is, um, you know, Hellblade 2. Where the heck was Hellblade 2? Like they were pushing that for the last at least two years. The two cycles of E3 have come and gone and like they were showcasing, you know, some of the the tests they were doing with like the lighting and geo kind of pushing like how, what the Xbox Series X could do. And sure. then the following year they had like actual gameplay. There's no show. Like where the heck was that game? <clears throat> uh, replaced. Remember that, that it, again, it's like that 2.5D kind of side-scroller game, but it was that pixelated one that looked really, really cool. It had like one, one of the levels that you were doing like a boss fight. It was kind of tilting back and forth and you were jumping around. You liked it too, actually. Yeah, I think I remember that one, yeah. Um, that, that was one that was a complete no-show. I'm like, where the heck is that game? Now, I did some research and apparently I think the, the developer is in Poland. So they may have been affected by the whole Ukraine war thing oh, going yeah, on. Right. So, you know, I don't, I don't judge that one too harshly because it's like, well, when you have <laughs> Russia invading Ukraine right next door to you, you're kind of a little L on edge and that sort of thing. <laughs> okay, so. well, let everybody work from home, okay? Is that, that satisfying? <laughs> we, we, we don't have to come to the office. Just work from home. Okay, can I work from my bunker? Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't know if my home's going to hold up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't we know might if my home's going to exist. <laughs> we might have some power outages. Oh, gosh, yeah. Golly. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I mean, I'm not trying to like trivialize what's going no. on. I'm just saying. No, no, like, no. Yeah. They, they, they clearly have a reasonable excuse right. for why they had a no-show. Right. It's like, don't worry. But at the same time, like, I am also wanting to convey how excited I am, how how excited we are to see that game because the right. game looked awesome. Yeah. It was it looked super, super cool. Another one, Stalker 2. Polish uh, developer for that one, which makes sense because if you think about like, like the setting of the game and like the different characters and stuff, um, no show. Like you didn't see any kind of updates regarding that game. But when you go beyond that, like Perfect Dark Zero, that's the 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 update that they've been working on where like they, they've been working on it for several years now. They actually, from the ground up, like created... Um, the studio in LA, it was basically going to be like Xbox's equivalent of like Sony Santa Monica studios that makes God of war. They, they put tons and tons of money into the studio and they and after a few years, we still have not seen anything. Even after they released they, they, they name dropped, I think it was last year, the title they were working on. Oh, it's, it's going to be the next perfect dark. Where is it? Like, so you have that one, um, fable, no fable. There's no fable. And you know what, what, what little bit I did scrounge up was that apparently if I, if my, my understanding is, is that because I think playground games has been tasked with the next fable game, they're going to be using the Forza horizon game engine for <laughs> fable. They got to tweak some stuff, but like, you know, that makes me excited. Sure. 
on top of that though, it's like, wait, if the game engine is already good to go, like why is there, there's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. Like, we just had a trailer last time. How many years has it been since we had a fable game? I know. Another one that I have listed here is Avowed. I mean, I'm yeah. having I'm having trouble remembering even what what the initial trailer looked like yeah. for Avowed. I kind of remember that one. That was I think the uh, where's that 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 fiery arrow fell yeah. from nowhere and it hit something and then that's when the gameplay started. I think you picked up the weapon and you had like magic on the other hand and kind of like this. Uh, um, uh, what is it? Sky, not a, maybe Skyrim. I haven't played Skyrim, but I mean, don't, don't you have like you do a wield, but you have a I weapon and so. you have magic in the other hand, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, I remember like just being blown away. I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to see more of that again. No, no show. show state of decay three yeah. state of decay has been a part of the first party Xbox mm. stable for many, many years. No show gears of war six. Where the heck is Gears of War? Yeah. Like they had Gears Five that came out two years ago. Didn't they make some DLC? Three for years it? ago. They have. They have yeah. made DLC for Gears Five. But again, like the DLC is, it shouldn't dictate like how long you go without another. I mean, again, yeah. these are first party titles. You have your AAA studios mm. that have plenty of budget, plenty of resources. Like, what is, what is going on? What's taking so long? I have one on my mind, Russ, but I'm going to see what's on your list. The Outer Worlds 2. Yeah, that one. Yeah, they, they announced that one. That hasn't been there. Yeah. Has not been on, hasn't been there at all. Negative. Contraband. Oh, I forgot all about that one. Yeah. Golly. Where the heck is it? In the world. I want to play it. Like, the, it, again, it, and it's weird how, like, like these, these are titles that actually, like, have been known for a while and and it's like to not show anything it kind of makes me a little worried about well, like like some of these started to cut you off no you're good but i mean like some of these games we saw when covid was in the heat, the heat of its day or was before time. or before i mean they were having like okay you know a couple months would go by and then they have a, a mini showcase and then a couple months would go by and then they have another showcase and then a cut you know like 2020 had a ton of showcases yes like pre E, what would be E3, you know? So we've had like two years. It's like the third year. Um, well, not really a third year, but um, basically we had a lot of time for that for, to get an update on a lot of these games and then and just wasn't. Yeah. Well, there's another one called Everwild. Remember that one? No, actually, I don't remember anything. Uh, no, I don't remember anything. Again, I don't, I don't fault you at all because it's been a long time. I, I'm having a hard time remembering it too, but like, even like there, there was talk of like them doing like a golden eye remake. No show once yeah, again. I remember that, man. So are you done with your list though? Yeah, go ahead. Halo. Big Microsoft franchise, Russ. We had the game drop mm-hmm. and we haven't had much content for it, but I mean, that's like the mascot. Master Chief is the mascot of Xbox and nothing coming for between now and 2023. Like no DLC for that game, like whatsoever. They did, uh, in their defense, they did drop recently the maps that we checked out and the new game modes. Um, you know that that was only like a month ago. So I mean, yeah, but I think they were supposed to drop other stuff having to do with like extending the story. Mm-hmm. So going back to the campaign mode and having different little areas that you could drop off and do stuff. It's very possible, Steve. The only thing for Halo that they had was uh, that you could drive or drive. <laughs> Let's go take a, and uh, and the Microsoft Flight Simulator. You could drive the pel or the pelican, fly the pelican. Yeah, right. you could fly the pelican. Yeah, which again, it's a nice nod 
it, you know, if you're into Microsoft Flight Simulator and you want to pick that up, sure. Right. And, but I mean, honestly, that's going to only entertain you for like so a, long. Like a day. Like, cool, I did yeah, it. Like, oh, I did it. That was novel. That was right. fun. Okay, and back to the, the real life planes and that sort of thing. But, but no, I, I do agree. I think that um, it is a bit surprising that we didn't at least get a roadmap of like what we can come to expect from Halo now that Halo Infinite has been released. You know, where is the robust support? Where are all these different drops that are supposedly uh, planned and that sort of thing? So, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that whole thing sums up as one big head scratcher for me because, again, they have been like really pushing the idea that we have all these developers in our stable of first party. Um, not only that, but we, we've, you know, we've acquired Bethesda. Again, huge. And honestly, I got to say, Bethesda kind of saved the day when it comes to the showcase. I mean, if you think about like how they led off with Redfall, that's a Bethesda game. They ended with, what was that, Star... Uh, Star... Well, they had Starfield. Starfield. But, but I don't... Did they... Did They, uh, they ended did, with that one. They ended with that one. Okay. You know, Starfield is, is another Bethesda title. Um, they also showed like some new content for like Fallout uh, Vegas or... Or 76. Or 76. That's Fallout... Yeah, I'm sorry. Fallout I can't 76. can't believe that. And they've, you know, they even admitted it at the show that, that, you know, they were very aware that the, it had a very rocky reception because of stuff that was missing and that sort of thing. Oh, they sold. Yeah. But at the same time, since that, since that had um, released, they have been very diligent and just really trying to like fix everything and that sort of thing. So, you know, I do commend them for, for recognizing they made an oopsie daisy <laughs> and are trying to right a wrong, which, you know, that's, that's cool of them to do. But I mean, again, if I think about what was actually demonstrated during the showcase, the, the biggest, some of the biggest highlights were from the Bethesda area. Right. Um, and of course, you know, Activision Blizzard, it's too soon. They just acquired them. You have to like give it time to, you know, come up with, with, uh, with new content, that sort of thing. Again, though, this is a big list. Like, I, and, and if you're an Xbox gamer like we are, you would not, you know, you would not be wrong to kind of just be wondering where the heck are the games? Right. Like, wh where are these games? And furthermore, where are the narrative? Where are the single player narrative campaign driven games? Like, that is a huge void in Xbox right now that Sony is enjoying. Honestly, if you look at Sony, Sony is the place to be when it comes to having many different types of single player narrative driven experiences that are triple a, you know, horizon forbidden West, the last of us, God of war. I mean, like <laughs> the list is kind of, that's just the ones I just listed off the top of my head. So that's, yeah, I, I think that that if it's I if I if I were was that discouraging. Well, I think if I'm Phil, I just I think I need to kind of have a, a kind of an all hands meeting with the developers and and put together some kind of um, fair but realistic schedule that basically you know it, it reinforces that accountability and saying, look, you know, you're not like a third party developer. You're not an indie developer. You are part of the Microsoft family. We need to get you on a schedule here to be able to deliver based on different types of games. So that way it, 
it supports the notion that we've spent all this money acquiring all these studios and that they're not just radio silent the whole time. There's got to be some kind of progress. I mean, essentially, that's what E3 is. It, all of these showcases are basically progress reports. Right. Where are you in your game? Oh, this is where we are. Here, here's some new stuff. We have some news for you, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know what would have been nice, Russ, is if they weren't going to show us a lot of, you know, head turner games. If they would have said like, hey, here's some hardware that's coming out. For example, like, you know, the Xbox, you had the, you know, the regular one. Then you had the Xbox Series S. And then you had the Xbox Series X, right? And so you had these multiple generations of Xbox that had little hardware bumps to them, more memory, faster speed, you know, better graphical improvements, whatever. And so it's been a couple of years since the One X has been out. And you mean the Series X? Oh, yes. One of the Xboxes this that has this Xbox is, and X in it twice. This is an example of why this is not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> Xbox Series, not one, no, eh. Um, I'm going to cut you off because the answer is, is that the Xbox Series X and the PS5 haven't been out long enough in order to warrant a hardware upgrade. On top of that, yeah, it's still extremely difficult to be able to find a PS5 or an Xbox Series X in the stores. It's not like you can just waltz into like a, your local Best yeah. Buy and still get it. So with that type of challenge in mind, it would not make sense at this point in time to do that. Maybe in a couple of years, sure, I could see that happening. Yeah, I know. But I could fantasize about it, Russ. Because, I mean... Fantasize with Steve. If, let's say they did, and then everybody who has a One X goes, hey, I want to sell mine <laughs> to get, like, the One XS. <laughs> I don't even know. $25. <laughs> Actually, I think they'd probably pay more. No, but they wouldn't. Yes, they would. There was a time when, when I think it was game. Yeah, GameStop was giving you like 150 bucks because they were needing the chips. Like two years ago, maybe. Anyway, my <laughs> fantasy, not yours. Anyhow. I'm sorry, Steve. Please <laughs> elaborate on your <laughs> fantasy. A lot of people would sell their Xbox to get the new one. That would give the one X to a lot of people who don't have it satisfying that demand and then a lot more people can play next-gen games. Mm -hmm. Moving it. right along to the Capcom stable, Steve. Well, if you're going to talk about Capcom, you might as well just talk about Sony, Russ. I'm getting there, Steve. Just all of it I at once. I am getting there. Okay, so Capcom is, is going to be pretty brief just simply because the, the two games that stood out to me, um, first of all, Street Fighter VI, the thing that I think is noteworthy about Street Fighter VI is that I am very excited about their new graphics engine. If you noticed, there is a, a, a significant departure from the graphics oh, yeah. style from Street Fighter V, which had oh, kind of yeah. more of that like almost like graphic novel, comic booky kind mm -hmm. of uh, shader applied to it. Which you know it was interesting, but honestly, I I wasn't completely sold on it. I wasn't completely on board with it. But then Street Fighter VI. You can tell that at least from what what footage I've seen up to this point that they have largely um, improved upon that. They've kind of actually um, ditched that kind of art directive the art directive style, mm -hmm. and now have gone for more of a pure three D look. But then they they kind of inject some of like kind of like the graffiti street art kind of um, stuff if you pull off like a really powerful move. 
which I think look cool. I was like, okay, that's it. Like for me personally, I really dig that. It's like Street Fighter met Virtual Fighter. What do you mean? And then had a next gen oh. baby. And, and something like that. Sure, Steve. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited about that. I know you're not a big uh, fighting nah. guy, but... Um, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Really. Street Fighter Six is definitely on my radar. I will be picking that up. Um, looking forward to that. I have Street Fighter Five. I've been enjoying that one, um, you know, especially since they... That was a, yet another case where certain features were missing for a while and like fans are like, where is like the arcade edition? Like what? Like I just want to play it like how... The, you know, the classic Street Fighter arcade is. And Capcom made good on that. You know, like they eventually brought out other characters. They brought out like the different modes and stuff. And so, I mean, Street Fighter V is a great game. Mm-hmm. I gotta say though, six, I'm there. I, I'm very excited for that one. Mm. And then the other game that, that uh, caught my eye was Resident Evil 4. Is the Resident Evil 4 remake. Mm-hmm. We knew What'd that What do you think coming? about that, Steve? Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to that one. See, Resident Evil 4 is kind of like where... Um, they kind of abandoned the zombie thing, it looked like. Well, yeah, I mean, which thankfully they did. I mean, it, it kind of just... Some of it looks really the same, honestly. But um, so Resident Evil 4 at least was kind of like the last really good Resident Evil. Because after that, I mean, my memory gets fuzzy with the games. I mean, the Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, and 4 were really good. 3 was, was so-so because it was just basically a continuation of 2. And you, nothing really looked different. But 4 was definitely, okay, we're in a whole different spot. The enemies are different. Like, you get kind of like the third person, like over-the-shoulder look, which is totally different. Um, and I don't, from then on, I don't remember much of, like, Resident Evil 5 and, and 6. Mm. Um, so... Anyhow, um, I am looking forward to four and they've completely, I mean, just like they said, it's redone. Look, I mean, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm a huge fan of what Capcom has done with these remakes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, they, the I gotta, man, the Japanese developers really have done a bang up job with the remakes. You know, if it's Final Fantasy seven remake or it's the Resident Evil remake, they have been very successful in my opinion of, doing a proper graphic. I mean, it's not just like, oh, here's a little bit. I mean, it, sure. they completely revamped the graphics engine. And then also like, like in terms of like what they're doing with the story and stuff, they, they were able to weave it in such a way that makes it fresh. And I just appreciate that. I, I think it looks really cool. I never played Resident Evil 4, so I don't really know anything about it, but I can tell you, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to when this game gets released. I will definitely be picking it up. Very excited for that. Did you have, oh, and in addition to Resident Evil 4, they have the Resident Evil Village DLC. That's correct. Um, I'm not, I mean, that one looks okay. I'm not, I wasn't really big on the, the DLC. Um, I mean, I tried like the... This is a story expansion. Because you're, you're playing, it looks like you get to take control of the daughter that we saw. Well, <laughs> spoiler alert. There's a certain uh, daughter that exists in right. Resident Evil Village. But it looks like in this this uh, story expansion, you're able to take a, um, control of her, and she she's she's probably going to have some kind of supernatural powers, and uh, maybe find out some uh, some more stuff. Yeah, I mean, so we'll we'll definitely pick it up. I just didn't really they didn't give us a whole lot of gameplay um, with it. You they, know, they, you know, it's going to be good. I'm hoping. I love this, the the game. Yeah. Um, but like the other DLC where you get to play like Dimitrescu and. Couple of the other folks like Ethan's is that out back. already? Uh, or is that coming out? I think it's probably coming out. Okay. Well, like you can play Ethan as like you know third person again. Yeah. So I mean, 
that might, that actually may all be a part of the same package. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I mean, so that that's kind of cool, but um, I didn't see anything. What would have been cool, lure, is if they said, <laughs> uh, "Hey, here's a little graphics bump or whatever," you know, because they they gave they put the game out. I think capable. Yeah, they did on both systems. And so they kind of had to put it out at a performance that could exist on both, but it wasn't a truly next gen title. Well, uh, I played it on both. I I know, but but a lot of these titles, what they do is they've designed the graphics engines in such a way where it's almost like, it's like an iPhone setting. Like basically you go in and and if you choose like, you know, performance mode versus like Mm -hmm. graphics mode or whatever, that turns on all the next gen stuff. So like you are in fact getting a next gen experience and it's, it's, it's a smart way to do it too, because that way they can sell the game to both like, you know, the previous gen and the current sure. gen stuff. But yeah, it's, it's by and large. I mean, like you, when you turn that on, you are getting most, if not all of the, the bells and whistles. So for example, with the, uh, the horizon forbidden West, and Sony showcase, they're like, okay, well, we actually did give you a graphics bump beyond what we were saying what the game was capable of. So the game was available for PS4 and PS5, and yes, they had you know the PS5 will obviously look better, but I mean, they're giving you that much more of a bump with the DLC. So and they had a kind of a you know back and forth. So the game's going to look even better when you get the DLC, just because they they play. Yeah, it. sometimes so, that happens. Like like you know, Witcher has had that happen. Right, to exactly. Itself. So yeah. that that that's the kind of thing that I wanted to happen with Resident Evil Village. Yeah, it's such a beautiful game. Mm. Beautiful, I tell you. Yeah. Indeed. Do you have anything for Sony? Because uh, I, I, I mean, Capcom blended with Sony because they both show the Resident Evil 4. Which, yeah, I'm glad that you yeah. brought that up because they did. They, you know, Sony did this more so than Microsoft. I mean, they, they all do it. Um, we're like, they'll have like third party developers get, get presented sure. during their particular showcase. And Capcom was definitely showing a lot of their stuff um, in the Sony camp. Um you know, one of the, you know, if we pivot over to the, to the Sony state of play. So the Sony state of play came out, I think, excuse me, June 2nd. Is that right? It came out yeah, like, like June 2nd, really yeah. early beginning of June. Yeah. And it was short. It was like 30 minutes. If that, yeah. So that was a bit surprising in the sense that once again, this is typically the season where you want to really bring out your big guns, bring out anybody and everybody show like what people are working on for your console to get them excited. And I I was just really surprised, you know, uh, Microsoft had uh, a much longer press conference. They showcased uh, more games, that sort of thing. And within Sony, it's like they were, there was more of a reliance on third party stuff. Like for instance, we also, in addition to the Capcom titles, we got to see some of the the Square Enix stuff. So Final Fantasy 16, I believe it is, Mm -hmm. it's coming out. Are you uh, personally excited to play that game? So being the the resident Final Fantasy fan, you see what I did there, Steve? A little combination of the old Capcom and Square Enix. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Really? I'm not, now a lot of the, a lot of the Final Fantasies, um, kind of started to look and feel the same after like 12. <laughs> uh, and so you like keep saying it's final, but yeah, yeah. we got 16 final fantasy. <laughs> yeah. This is a final one. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't, don't ever end. I, I, I think final fantasy is great. So being um, cheeky, that's all. Yes. But uh, it just looks, it's, looks like the same kind of fun. Like the characters looked you know, a little bit different, but it doesn't, there, there's not a huge departure from, let me guess spiked hair. 
Big sword. Yeah. I mean, fashion so, forward. So when I played seven and then eight, there was like a pretty big difference. And then definitely like nine was, was different oh, huge. Too. I remember that. And then, um, and then 10 was, you know, so after that though, it just got, it just, again, it started to really feel the same. The character, like the voices, the voices weren't too much different. The characters kind of all had the same personalities. The spells were the same. Um, I gotta, I gotta totally agree with you. Like seven, eight, nine, and 10. I remember that time yeah. here when you were playing it and huge departures and right. stuff. Yeah. That, that was like the sweet spot. Yeah. So lately it just doesn't seem like there's that much difference in the final fantasies. And I think I, others have shared the same feelings if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I, I've definitely read that on online, but, um, I don't know. <laughs> so I, to me, I think I, I'd pass on it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if it came to get, if, if Square released it on Game Pass at some point, I'd definitely try it, but yeah. I, I wouldn't really go out of my way to get it like on day one. Now, another third party game that was visually impressive and looked downright scary was the Callisto Protocol. Uh huh. Um, and that is by developer Striking Distance Studios, mm-hmm. who is also um, located in the Bay Area, actually. Mm-hmm. I, th- I want to say they were like Not Walnut bad. Creek or something. But anyway, I think that there are folks on that team who worked on Dead Space. So. Mm-hmm it makes sense when you watch the trailer because there, there is kind of a dead space vibe to their game. But I mean, graphics engine looks crazy impressive. The enemies look terrifying. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to, to play a game like that. Cause I, there's only so much like horror I can take before I'm just like, <laughs> I gotta go to sleep at some point. However, having said that though, like for those who, who are into that kind of game, I mean, it looks, it looks impressive. So didn't they have the, like the, like a version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Sony's. They had something like yeah. that. Yeah. The, there are a number of, of survival horror type of games that are being released. I mean, even on the Xbox side, I didn't talk about it, but there was that, that one in particular that has been shown for several years now. Um, and it just looks disgusting. <laughs> I, I can't remember what it's called. I want to say spore, but that's not right. It's something spore. else. Mold. <laughs> it's something I can't remember exactly what it's called. I'm like, Mildew. Oh. Uh, but yeah, going back to Sony's showcase, sure was. um, those were like the two games that stood out to me. Were there any other titles that stood out to you? No. Um, which was, you know, and shows previous, uh, if one show was better than the other, like you could, you can at least know that, okay, you know, Microsoft really hit it out of the park or like, Oh man, Sony's going to have a great year. But this time it was just like both shows. Yeah. were really not that great. And I mean, I remember watching the, I mean, I, the way I watched it was, um, Microsoft, Capcom, and then Sony. Mm-hmm. And so I watched Microsoft show and I thought, okay. Well, well actually we, it used to be EA. True. You know, yeah. like, like the, the Capcom show, we would just kind of, that would be one of the final shows we'd right. watch because they're, they're just smaller, but like, right. yeah, it would typically be Microsoft, Sony, and EA. And then we would find out, you know, we'll find the shows for like Square Enix and Ubisoft, Capcom. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm just saying like, well, the shows that we are talking about today, that's the sequence that I watched them. And, and so I thought, okay, well, Microsoft wasn't that great. So maybe this will be the year, like 2023 will be the year I'll get like a PS5. Yeah. And so then I saw the, the cap, the, the Sony show. And then I'm thinking, well, I guess I'll save my money because there's nothing really that I'm on fire about looking forward to 2023 and remaining 2022 for Sony either. So, yeah. uh, man, it just seems like there's, um, 
kind of a lack of, of originality or imagination or something that's that's happening because um, I don't know. I'm not really on fire. I mean, there's stuff that were highlights, but nothing that was blowing me up. Like there's no, there's no joygasm really besides DLC right. that I liked about all the shows. Yeah, and and even Sony had its own case of no shows. Right. Had had its own case of no show syndrome, right? Where God of War. Yeah. Where the heck was God of War? They even last year they made like their announcement trailer, right? They had like the logo um and so like, oh yeah, they're they're clearly working on on the sequel that sort of thing. Nothing. Didn't they have a trailer at some point between now and then? I thought they had a trailer. Maybe they, I can't recall. They might have. It may have been pretty brief. It was like, well, see, and see, Sony's, <sighs> I'm going to make this brief because I don't want to digress off this, but like basically both Xbox and Sony have, have gotten into this like tit for tat thing where it's like, oh, well, we'll, we will have multiple shows during the course of a year to showcase different types of games in progress and that sort of thing. I have a love-hate relationship with that because on the one hand, it's nice to get more shows and be able to see stuff. But at the same time, that means that like they're they're purposely like not showing stuff at certain points in time because they want to save it because they want to see what the competition is going to show. Oh, and then we just miraculously have this we're going to show. It's like this like <laughs> game of poker all year long. Right. Um, anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. Going back to the Sony camp, though, like another no show, like, you know, there wasn't a Last of Us 3. There was no new Uncharted game. Um, you know, again, if I'm looking at what type of uh, very popular f- you know, first party AAA titles, I, there just weren't any there. So I'm like, where are you guys? What's going on? So like, Should I spend any money with you or not? And, you know, again, I look back on my library. For instance, Horizon Forbidden West was released this year. Phenomenal game. Like, if you were on the fence like, oh, should I get a PS5 this year or not? I would say, yes, get a PS5 just for that game. You're going to love that game. And there are other titles, too, that have come out that are, are Sony exclusives that have already been released. And so, yeah, there, there is a pre-existing library that you will very much get your money's worth out of. It won't just, like, be collecting dust in the corner. <laughs> but I got to just say, it is so... It, it, this was, like, a different type of showing where it was just like, you know, again, when, when I add up, like, all the different games that I, you know, chose as highlights there's a healthy amount of games that are there. Right. But in terms of like what I have become, dare I say, accustomed to, uh, it was jarring. You're just like, wait, that's, that's all you're going to show. That's it. That's, that's it. Hmm. Interesting. So were there any other games that you wanted to talk about or not? Negative ghost Rider. So, Let's grade ourselves the just specifically the Xbox showcase and the Sony one. What grade would you give Xbox and what grade would you give Sony? Actually, I think I'd give them a I give both a D. A D. A D as in dog. That's uh that's yeah. pretty harsh there, Steve. It's unsat I'm it's, I'm unsatisfied. It's unsatisfactory. Steve is unsatisfied. I'm wanting more. <laughs> he is left wanting. You're like, what would you like to see in this sh- showcase? I would like a little perspective. 
All out? Well. <laughs> is that from something? That's from Ratatouille. That's that's, uh, that's Anton right. Ego who comes in to to eat with them, and he the person goes, uh, "I take your order." Yeah, that's <laughs> right. What would you like? And he goes, "I would like a little perspective." Excuse me, sir. Uh, what's all out? Well, <laughs> in that allow case. in that case, allow me to provide the perspective and you to provide what I can't remember the whole thing. But that's um, yeah, I like it. Very good. Yes. Good show, Steve. Gracias. Well done. Mm-hmm. So you give you give both places a D. Absolutely. I'm not going to be as brutal oh, as you, Steve. Softy. Because once again, like I'm going through yeah, this list right. that I've made, well, and you yeah. can't you can't deny. I mean, like Xbox, you had Redfall, Hollow Knight. That Sun was Song. your hey, list. It's my turn. To not talk. my list. High on life. Uh, you had the Riot Games th- uh, announcement of all their games come on the Game Pass. Excuse me. Um, you had an update to a Plague Tale Requiem. Forza Motorsport was shown. Overwatch 2, Forza Horizon 5, Hot Wheels, Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn, The Last Case of Benedict Fox. Um, and then you had some other titles like Diablo 4, Cocoon, that sort of thing. So altogether, it was solid. It just was not mind-blowing or exciting. So for for Xbox, I would give I would give Microsoft a C plus. Hmm. Um, simply because they, you know, while they didn't have any kind of, um, games that necessarily blew my socks off and I was like, wow, that's insane. They did have, like I said, a solid lineup of, of different ones. But I mean, again, that's a far cry from getting like a B plus or an A uh, grading on your show. Sony side of things, Sony, I give, I'm going to say I give it a D plus, you know, um, and that's just because the the types of games that were shown were either forgettable in my book or like the games that they did show had a heavy reliance upon third party. You know, when you think of like Final Fantasy, for instance, I don't think that um, it's going to be exclusive to just Sony. I think that that will also appear on Xbox. The Callisto Protocol is also not exclusive to Sony. I think it's going to be available on Xbox as well. So it's not like they've like... In the past, they you know they'll, they'll whip up these backroom deals, and then they'll be like, "Got an exclusive on that," or like it'll be it'll be exclusive for like the first year that it comes out or whatever. They're just I didn't see that, and Sony was just really devoid of heavy hitters, which is weird because Sony usually has heavy hitters. I mean, like like and Xbox does too. Like like you you tend to see like this like clash of the Titans kind of thing that, that go on. And we just didn't see that in this particular um, round of showcases. Mm. At you the know, same time though, I, I have to counterbalance it with the fact that, you know, there are, I mean, again, games. If I look just strictly at the games, street fighter six, resident evil four, Callisto protocol, um, looking at cocoon, Diablo four, Redfall, hollow Knight. There, there are, I mean, then there, and so on and so forth. Like, like you have certain games in there that are triple a, that are really cool looking mm. and hopefully will be released on time. What were you going to say, Steve? No delays. You know, Sony had the, um, they had a final fantasy seven ish 
sequel, which you were playing with, like with the Zach character, I think it was. Yeah, they had like a like kind of a, a kind of a DLC content thing for yeah. the current thing. And actually, I'm glad that you said something because right after those showcases, they did announce the the second game within the Final Fantasy VII remake, right? And how they officially came out saying there will be, in fact, remember we were wondering how many there are going to be. It's going to be a trilogy. Yeah, and I figured it would be a trilogy, but they didn't have anything to really show with that. It was just an announcement. Right. And I would have said, I mean, if I was in charge of Square, I would say, like, let's put all our resources into that instead of Final Fantasy 16. Because that's Final Fantasy 7 Remake was Gangbusters. Like gangbusters. I mean, it was making, I mean, that's, 7 was history. Iconic. Um, iconic. And everyone's looking forward to the, the next iteration of that game, especially when you get out of Midgard, because that's where the game really started to get good. And now they go, oh, well, we're, here's Final Fantasy 16. We're like, okay, well, fine. But I mean, I've been waiting for this iteration since I finished the first part of what you gave me for the remake. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. No, I'm glad that, that you did mention Final Fantasy 7 just because that was a, a notable announcement. I, I'm definitely happy to see more yes. news and updates on that. But right. um, golly, yeah, it, it's a very different type of year, isn't it? Mm, it is. Right. Very, very interesting indeed. I'm just glad that we have ourselves some Elden Ring to hold us over. It's getting close to the end though, Russ. Probably- eh, we're halfway through the year, Steve. Yeah. We still got another six months. And still have plenty of games you haven't beaten yet. Very true. Well, and again, like for me personally, like mm. Horizon Forbidden West has been on the shelf since I've been playing Elden Ring. I've got to return to that. That's going to keep you me do. busy. I'm, like, again, I'm going to be fine for the rest of this year. Fine. Yeah. Fine. It has more to do with just, you know, what's, what's on the... Fine. What's on the horizon? Fine. I wonder. Fine. One last thing before oh, we go. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Because we didn't talk about Starfield all that much. We didn't. What are your thoughts on Starfield, Steve? Well, Ross, it definitely looks next gen. But I can't say that I'm really excited about it because I didn't... The gameplay didn't really, again, like you said, knock your socks off. Blow up my skirt. Metaphor. You do not um, want to see this man <laughs> in his skirt. Um, I mean, so, you know, we saw a scene more of like you know, the ships and, you know, the customization and the earth, like the, the world and stuff, which all look really cool. Um, the gameplay looked kind of so-so. I mean, I I thought it was cool that they're going to make it available on Game Pass. I mean, yeah. that's quite the next gen title to make available on Game Pass. That's pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. And I will definitely be playing the game, but um, it just kind of fell in that kind of hollow feeling of, okay, cool. I see it. Um, I'll definitely give it a try, but um, I'm not going to hold out for it necessarily. There's something that either isn't being correctly communicated about the game or it's the gameplay itself. But I, I hear what you're saying and I agree. Like I, I watched it there, you know, graphically it looks unique. They've got some good ideas in there, but there is something about it that still is clunky to me. Right. And I think this is a reoccurring challenge for Bethesda because Bethesda, you know, their games, some of their games tend to have grand scope. Like, right. you know, a, um, a lot of the, the fallout games were like that where like, you know, you could literally customize anything and everything in the game, which was very novel, very, very notable feature in the game. People love that idea. Like you could just, MacGyver together anything. The expense of that, though, is that because the world was so big and because there was so much um, tinkering and, and you know the, all that kind of stuff that you could do, is it spread 
thin kind of more of like the the sense of polish within the game itself like the graphics take a hit right because the world is so big there's so many features all that other kind of stuff how on earth can you possibly do this um and we've seen that in in um various titles like you know skyrim was another one where like you have this huge world like like it was very notable about like wow like you play skyrim and then it's just this crazy huge world but the graphics suffered as a result because once again, it's like, how do you compensate for that? Now, over time, like if you played Skyrim on PC um, and to a certain degree, I think they had a re- uh, remaster, uh, I want to say for Xbox, but, um, you know, 20 years later, you can get like mods on PC from fans of Skyrim where like, you know, they themselves have painstakingly gone through and made upgrades for the graphics engine. So then it looks better than it did on upon first release, but you got to remember like Skyrim came out like back in, was it 2000? I can't even remember <laughs> like when the game was released. Right. So that is one of the, 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 the creative challenges that I think Bethesda has moving forward, especially with a game like Starfield, because Starfield looks to be even bigger than their previous efforts with like the fallout series and that sort of thing. And really like when we're playing Elden Ring, I think that's one of the the big benchmark um, achievements that From Software has done is that their world is also just huge. It's just this, this crazy big open world, but they've managed to maintain the bar of quality when it comes to graphics fidelity, mm-hmm. as well as like thoughtful game design and the way that the the, the enemies move and carry themselves. And mm-hmm. again, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention it continues financially helping us do the Joygasm show. Also, make sure you click on that subscribe button as well as that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm. It drops once a week, every week. And while you're at it, you could, in fact, do a search for at Joygasm TV on your favorite social media platform of choice where you can enjoy additional little tidbits and nuggets of goodness Mm. that we drop. Last but not least, if you want to see us frustrated over a certain boss that we can't defeat in Elden Ring at this point in time, we invite you to check us out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash joygasm TV. Mm. Be able to stream our video game adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will look forward to hanging out with all of you again next week when I believe we're going to be talking about Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels Good times. We'll see you there. Latest.